You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyle Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson, Jackson himself. Look at him dart back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles! He is Houdini! Touchdown! Patrick Mahomes with a rope! Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. guys, welcome back to the Savage Pass Podcast, presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Blake Bubble. With me, as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we continue our march through the uh, divisions in the NFL as we uh, give you some projections for the upcoming season. Uh, we'll make our full predictions on all of these divisions um, as we get closer when we do our predictions episodes, uh, which are always sure to, uh, Dylan, cause both uh, excitement and backlash, I think, uh, both of the two, because uh, we will make some people happy, make some people upset, but we'll see who we make upset in the AFC East, because that is our focus on this particular episode, as uh, we look at uh, the possibilities for this division this season, and uh, when you look at the uh, win projections, Dylan, it's uh, kind of interesting, because uh, we know the Buffalo Bills, uh, the team that kind of took over things uh, after the Patriots took a little bit of a step back. Mm-hmm. But um, it should be an interesting season to see kind of what the Patriots look like, how they compare to the Bills. Um, but then you've also got those pesky Dolphins, the uh, the the new uh, team of the Established the Past podcast in recent years. Uh, I feel like we were the ones that really drove them from the embarrassment of starting the season the way they did against the Ravens several years ago, uh, talking about them being one of the worst teams in the history of the NFL, to now uh, pretty respectable spots and uh, could be the breakout team in that division. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the Patriots, I don't, I don't count out the revenge of Belichick after last season. I'm sure that going back to free agency, they've made a, a ton of signings. It's going to be a whole different approach. I think they're going to be coming for that second spot in the division. I do, even though, yeah, we're not making predictions here. It's pretty obvious that eventually we'll probably both pick the Bills to win this division just based on, you know, Josh Allen's improvement last year, which, you know, was putting him on that MVP candidate level. So, and the overall strength of the team is so high. But I think, yeah, the intrigue, for them is if they can take that next step for the, the two teams in the middle here, Miami, New England, who's the, who's going to be that number two. And then what, what do we make of the jets? That'll be a fun conversation. I think we're going to wrap up with the jets potentially here on this episode, but yeah, all these, all these teams kind of in you know, the bills kind of that with the post Brady era with the Patriots, they kind of, it was always kind of a question for years and years and years. And it seemed like it's never going to get to the point where Brady ever left, but there's always a question of when the Patriots do kind of take a step back, who will be in the position to take over so far. Buffalo has been that team, but like you said, the dolphins I think could threaten. And I, I like Robert Sala, but you know, we'll, we'll talk about the jets more in a few minutes here. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get to the jets that they, they you know, spoiler alert, they are at the bottom when it comes to the uh, win projections for these teams in this division, but let's start with the one at the top. And that is of course the bills uh, projected 11 wins uh, right now is the total. Um, so, you know, you can, think what you think on that we'll get to the schedule probably in a second but um, that's a lot and it's because of what they did last season you know trying to build off of that 
um, being in a position still with Josh Allen, who, again, we'll probably be talking about a lot on this episode. And moving forward, um, they do have Mitch Trubisky now, so that's something to keep in mind uh, if you're, you know, <laughs> in, that, in that scenario, I guess. But, um, I mean, the Bills, look, we look at this roster, Dylan, it's um, it's a pretty good roster. And um, there's a reason why, again, their, their number is set at 11. Uh, because they've got, you know, the offense, they've got the defense, and uh, this just feels like another opportunity for them to, uh, you know, have a chance to keep building on what they've done uh, here in recent seasons. Yeah, just briefly looking over the the entire NFL's win totals, their 11 is only third behind Tampa Bay and the, and the Chiefs. So, yeah, I think expectations should be that high. We saw it all starts with Josh Allen. I mean, he had been much better when the, the Bills made the playoffs in 2019, but his all his – downfield accuracy issues that had plagued him in the couple the first couple of years of his career were gone and not only gone like he, he took it to a whole new level with how uh, he perfected his deep ball his, obviously his chemistry with Stefan Diggs helped quite a bit but he's making the, the same kind of running throws on deep down the field accurately with with pace that we usually think of with guys like Russell Wilson or, or Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and he kind of went to that level and being able to make those plays still had some some uh more turnover balls. Uh, he had more uh, possible picks that were dropped and things like that than some of those other guys in that range. But still, his improved play is the reason the Bills are where they are. Obviously, their defense uh, has been really good. It did take a little bit of a step back from where it was in 2019. Still finished 12th in DVOA last year. Uh, I, I, I think they're going to be solid, if not probably finished better than I, I would anticipate them getting a little bit higher. They did have some issues with the pass rush. Uh, we'll see how their first-round pick helps with that. But overall for Buffalo, I mean, there's a reason they're the number one projected team. Strength of schedule-wise, uh, depending on where you look, uh, one of the easier schedules, Sharp Football Analysis has it as the ninth easiest based on projected records of opponents. Uh, Football Outsiders has it all the way at fourth easiest. So, man, yeah, that, that lines up pretty well for them um, with some of the games that they're going to have this year. And uh, they beat a lot of tough teams last year. So I think with a little bit of relaxed schedule, they still finished 13 and three. Still finished as one of the, you know just barely behind the Chiefs for that top seed. And I, obviously they made the AFC title game. I still think they are probably the number two team in this conference. Maybe we'll see if the Ravens and the and some team and maybe the Browns even. There's other teams that could threaten them. Uh, but I think Buffalo, yeah, there's a reason they're the ex- they should expect to win this division again. They should expect to go far in the playoffs. And it's just about taking another step, another year between Diggs and. And Allen and all those, you know, a lot of continuity in this offensive, in this offensive unit overall from a season ago, um, even on defense too. I, the coaching staff has done a great job. They kept, it was obviously a, a question if, if they lose Dable anywhere and he stayed. So man, they, they're stacked. And uh, obviously we, another team that we've been on on the on the bandwagon for since we started this podcast leading into the 2019 season, the Bills and the Dolphins, kind of two of our outside of the AFC South, are two of our favorite teams here. Yeah, they're uh, they've become the teams of the podcast, and uh, you talk about really their schedule. I mean, you mentioned you know they get the AFC South, the NFC South. There's much worse, I think. You know, duos you could have based on mm-hmm. you know the AFC South, as we'll mention as we go along. You know, that's that's a division that's probably not going to be great. Uh, NFC <laughs> South, yes, you've got the Bucks, but then I think you've got some questions behind that. You know, with the Saints, uh, Falcons, and uh, Panthers. Um, but I think, you know, it should be interesting. And, you know, the, the Bills are going to have two games back-to-back in mid-October. They go to Kansas City, October the 10th, uh, night game, and then they come back for the Monday night game on October 18th against the Titans. 
uh, in Nashville. So uh, my bet is uh, we'll probably hear about yep. the Music City Miracle again. I'm not going to lie. I think that they'll, they'll revisit that one. Hey, Dylan, I was there. I don't care. They can bring it up every yes, single time. Right. I, I was in attendance. I was there. Um, so, listen, I, I know Bills fans don't want to see it, but it's a moment. So, um, yeah, but those are th- those are cute, two key road games, and they will have to go to Tampa as well, um, in addition to playing at the Patriots, Saints, uh, and others. So, uh, yes, the Bills, the favorite, uh, as you look at it here on paper heading into the season. Then we go to the Patriots, who uh, at nine and a half wins. Um, we talked about the offseason. I mean, this was the, the offseason of Belichick, uh, the Belichick Revenge Tour. It's all – you got all the, the mottos you want. Uh, based on what they did this this offseason to kind of, you know, add talent mm-hmm. to the roster. Um, you know, they basically acquired every tight end they could, uh, but they got some good ones. Uh, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith joining the, the mix there. Of course, we know they draft Mac Jones in the first round. Um, how that situation plays out, I think, will probably depend on a lot with their season. Um, wide receiver unit still, yeah. I mean, you know, I think there's still a lot of unproven uh, you know, commodities there uh, with how they, they do that. But again, they do have the two tight ends they can work with. I mean, this is, I don't, I mean, I don't know what the expectations are on the outside. Like I think that it's, you know, I assume, you know, the Patriots think that internally there probably should be much improved from a season ago, but I still look on the outside though. And I'm thinking they should be better, but I still don't, you know, obviously we're not comparing this to, several years ago, right? We're not comparing this team to probably the level uh, that they got to, of course, when Brady was there and all that, but this should be a good team. I I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be a great team, but I think they should be good. Yeah. I think they're back in that. I mean, we, I think at least maybe I did. One of us picked them to make the playoffs last year, just because I didn't anticipate the defense to quite fall off like it did. And it's not like the Pat sat around. They've spent a ton of money uh, in terms of just average value over replacement gained on defense, according to football outsiders. It's the biggest uh, jump in, in the free agent era, or at least since 2000 in terms of all the additions they make. Uh, so bringing back a couple of guys that had been there in Hightower and Vinoy, but also other uh, Judon and Mills. I mean, they they added a ton. I think Christian Barmore, a lot of good things being said about him. We, we thought he'd go late in the first round, thought he would have fit in really well in Kansas City or Tampa. Now the Patriots get him, and, it, man, it's going to be scary to, to have that guy on the, offense, on the defensive line. He's getting, again, rave reviews. It does come down a, a bit to what happens at quarterback, what Cam what was going on last year, just could not get it done and had some good moments. The Seattle game early in the year, it felt like they were kind of – the offense was going to take off, and it just never did. Had a lot of struggles throughout the season. Obviously, again, the defense had carried them for the last few years. Um, when they won that 13-3 Super Bowl against the Rams, when they you know won the division again in 2019, the offense was starting to sputter a bit. They still, the, you know, the level of talent in the receiving room is still not. I mean, like they have some solid guys. Like Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar are better than some of the the players they had in in the starting spots last year. But I still wonder if they have enough playmakers. Um, I, obviously a lot of intrigue comes around when Mac Jones gets his opportunity. Another yeah. guy that's getting, if you're reading anything from the beat writers in new England, it sounds like he's, he's taken over a leader role, even as a backup, he's starting to do the things to, to take the steps or when he does get the opportunity uh, that that locker room is going to be ready for him to, to lead them. So his, his ability to, to come in and, you know, not necessarily, maybe we don't have the same expectations we have for, <laughs> him and some of the other guys uh, that we've talked about from this draft class, like Trevor Lawrence, especially. Um, but I think if Matt can still be 
solid. I mean, kind of do the same things that we've we've talked about during the draft of his approach and how accurate he can be in the intermediate parts of the field and making the right decisions. Those are the things that catching up to the speed of the pro game, I think, well, that, that'll take them a long way. And that, you know, that, that's my one, you know, if we're looking at like big questions where I, I think like when we go from that nine and a half to that number, if, or if I'm going to pick the over, it really is going to depend on the quarterback position. Cause I do think defensively, I, I do feel pretty good about that defense not finishing down at where they went all the way down to, man, I can't, yeah. 26th in DVOA on defense, the worst run defense in the NFL. I don't think, I don't think Belichick is going <laughs> to, and that coaching staff is going to let that happen again. Obviously, Barmore is going to eat up a lot of the middle of that line, but uh, yeah, I don't think that will happen again. I think they're going to bounce back there, and if the offense can be toward the middle of the pack, they should be threatening for a playoff spot and a really, you know, overall, again, deep conference here in the AFC. Pretty interesting first half of the schedule for the Patriots. They open against the Dolphins at home. They go to MetLife to play the Jets. Then they get the Saints and Bucks at home. So those are two challenging games, but you get them both in Foxborough. You go to the Texans, which could just be a complete yeah. mess. Um, then you get the Cowboys at home. You get the Jets at home. Then you go to LA to play the Chargers. So, like, they're it, tough. All of their toughest games, really, when you mm-hmm. break down their schedule, outside of the game they play at Buffalo and I guess the one at Miami, like all of their toughest games are going to be at home. Even the Titans late in the season, yep. that's in Foxborough. The Bills, of course, they'll get in Fox- Foxborough one time. Mm-hmm. The Browns, they get in Foxborough. So, like, that's a very interesting thing about this because normally you look up and down and say, well, there's one or two games in there or more that you're like, oh, those are going to be tough, which we've pointed those out on some of the other divisions we've already talked about with teams. But, like, I would say every one of their toughest games outside of the trip to Buffalo are are in Foxborough, and there are, like, five or six of them. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's not a bad they, setup. <laughs> yeah, Football Outsiders projects it as the easiest schedule in the entire NFL. Yeah. So they, they have, and just win projection-wise uh, from Football Outsiders, they only have the Patriots behind. Now they're really close to a few teams, but they only have them behind Tampa, Baltimore, Kansas City, and Buffalo. Yeah. They have them with the fifth highest. It's right there with like Seattle, San Fran, Green Bay. But nonetheless, I think it's that schedule that you just mentioned. I think it's a great point. Like they, the, having those games at home means something, especially with fans back. New England's a place you're not going to want to play. Even September, whatever right. part of the schedule, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it's um, that's an intriguing one thing. Probably if you're again, if you're looking at this win total, you're like nine and a half. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I, I maybe. I don't know. That's a tough one. Like, because again, you got it's a tough one on them mm-hmm. still. I, I still don't know if I want to put them at double digits, but I don't think there's, I think there's value in going over. But but it all depends on the quarterback situation. I think I think it's really hard to know until we figure that out. But the, the Dolphins are also at nine and a half wins, um, and to project the total for them. And as we said, I mean, we kind of pretty much said it earlier. I mean, the Dolphins are the team that, you know, we've seen really turn things around. Uh, in recent mm-hmm. seasons, I mean, there's reason to have a lot of confidence in Brian Flores and what he's done there. Um, and now, I mean, you look at their offense. My goodness. Um, th- they got talent <laughs> to work with on offense because, you know, you add Jalen Waddle, you add Will Fuller, you got Devontae Parker. Um, you know, I can't forget my guy Preston Williams. He'll be in there somewhere. Uh, Miles Gaskin, like he's proven to be someone who can kind of carry the load if they need him to. Um, yep. You know, if Malcolm Brown comes in as another running back option. But then it's like, it's about Tua, right? It's about the yep. development of Tua. And, but I mean, having so many options at his disposal, it's hard to look at that and say, this guy probably won't be able to, to figure it out and make it work because I think he's just got so many options around him. 
Um, you know, I think it's just a it's a very intriguing setup for the Dolphins this season. I suppose they still. I mean, we'll see what happens with everything with Deshaun Watson. But I know that was like the this is yeah. this team that it made a lot of sense before all the all the off field stuff happened. Like you looked at uh, the team around him, like you're saying, like couldn't really with all the the skill position talent, the defense where it is, the offensive line uh, as it's improved, like. They, it just made too much sense, and obviously all those things happen. And now, I mean, I, I still think Miami may have still want to see more from Tua and still give him more of an opportunity than just the, the kind of limited. You know, last year, I'll, I'll obviously dealt with the injuries beforehand, leading up to when he was drafted. So it, just in terms of getting uh, his, you know, just feeling comfortable in the field too. I think there's things that, and we've seen with a lot of young quarterbacks that progress over the course of their careers. It's just way too quick. To, to completely eliminate uh, or, you know, move on to the next guy. It happens too often, and I, I don't think – I think Miami and what they've established with their culture, they're not the kind of team that's going to do that. If, but if obviously a guy like Deshaun Watson, that's a different level of skill that's a, more of a sure commodity. Um, so those things, if they present themselves, would be different. But I think beyond that, like those, those opportunities don't happen often. You're going to have to really develop a guy. And I think he's in a good position to uh, – in a place where I'd – uh, you know, there's maybe a few better places <laughs> with coaches and, and offenses in the NFL where, for a young quarterback. But I think Miami's, as you said, it quickly has become that. It's crazy <laughs> to think about a couple of years ago where they were at and how quickly they've become such a such a better situation. I, I do wonder if they'll regress a little bit on defense. They ended up finishing only 12th in defense. They were often top in DVOA, at least. They finished higher than that, I believe, in just overall defense. Um, uh, they have had a, they were really, really strong in terms of their turnovers and the ability to score off turnovers and those kind of things don't always consistently, uh, stay with you. But I think beyond that, the, w- the one part that is more consistent can be your, your ability to defend the pass. And then the NFL right now, obviously defending the runs important, but the, some of the best defenses really are the ones that limit your, uh, ability to, to make big plays. And they, they had a great scheme, great pass. I mean, saw it a lot of times where they'd, do unique things to, to figure out pressures. Um, maybe, again, as the year went on, they weren't quite as strong, but I still think that unit's pretty stout. And, yeah, they should expect to be right there with the Patriots, even if their projected win totals a bit lower at, uh, than them football, uh, football outsider projections. Partially a little easier schedule, uh, 26 toughest, so what, that's the sixth easiest. So, right. I mean, they still have a pretty easy schedule, still get those two jet games. Um but it's a, it's kind of now it's like, all right, we, last year was great and you kind of didn't have any, you know, two, even though they obviously had expectations as the year went on. I think it, going into it, if you said 10 and six was going to be their record, you would have been thrilled. And uh, I feel like they're playing with house money with what was going on last year. Now, the, now you have those expectations. Now you expect to take that next step. And is that possible? I think that you're right. It, go, it comes down to what Tua does um, really at the end of the day. I think they have the, the structure, the depth elsewhere and now obviously in his connection with Jalen Waddle we'll see how that develops and but the, yeah this this receiving room is really really intriguing um when you look at all the guys even guys deeper down the down the uh down their depth chart like it's uh man it's gonna be a lot of fun that's all I know yeah they're gonna be entertaining um just there's a lot to work with there I think uh with with this group so yeah I think the Dolphins should should have a pretty good season and and again we I think we just look at the quarterback situation and see how that continues to progress there, and um, they, they have no shortage of, of options. I will say that. Um, then there's the Jets, <laughs> which <laughs> I don't I don't know. Um, there's there's 
there's talent. Uh, there, there is talent on this roster, and this is something that you and I talked about last season was I think you gave them more of the benefit of the doubt than I did at times, but I'm willing to <laughs> rethink that somewhat um, because they do have a new head coach in Robert Sala, and you know he's going to bring over a, a defensive-minded approach, which we've seen be successful for the Jets before uh, when you think back to you know Rex Ryan and, and those kind of guys. like we, We've seen it work. And this is someone who, you know, was widely considered one of the best, you know, defensive coaches in the game. Mm-hmm. So that at least is going to help in that area. Offensively, I think there's still a lot to be determined. You don't know what Zach Wilson's going to look like. Um, you know, you would assume for them taking him as high as he did that that they, I mean, they're going to throw him right in the mix and he's going to have yep. an opportunity to um, trial by fire. That's what it's going to be. Uh, but, I mean, they, they added Corey Davis. Um, you've got Jameson Crowder still there. Den- Denzel Mims is there too. Elijah Moore, who we talked to, we really talked him up. Um, we felt like he could be someone, you know, that I, I just, I don't know though. Like this is a, this is a team where I look at this in the six and a half number and I'm thinking, uh-huh. or six, and I'm thinking, yeah, but like, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think in any scenario I'm probably going over that. So I probably would go under this, but I just I think they're it's very hard to predict because I think the Jets have the unknowns at the again at the top position right at quarterback but then you you keep going down the line and you're like I think Robert Sala is going to do a good job but I don't think that ha- probably happens for a couple of years. No, oh, absolutely. It would be on and well, it is New York. It is, the expectations are a bit different um, among fans there, so I do think some fans are probably setting themselves up for disappointment the by East. expecting too much. Win the East this year. You got to win it. Win it's, the division. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Jets fans should just be already celebrating like that. Adam <laughs> yeah. Gase is gone. I don't think you can really have too big of a hyperbole to talk about how disastrous that era was and how just the, the lack of the uh, you know the whole room and the whole locker room having faith in him and it just the culture was just awful. And I mean Joe Douglas, I, I, yeah, I've been high on what he's been starting to build um, since he came over to the Jets. Now with Sala in place, I feel like. You have two guys that are in this together that over the long term and an ownership that maybe finally is going to stay out of the way and not try to screw these things up. I, um, I think they're in a position long term that's good. But you're right. It's, to expect anything this season is ridiculous. Like if, if just being not worst team in the NFL would be great. They, they have the lowest win projected total from football outsiders still. And there's only so much. Yeah, they had some good draft picks I'm excited about and we'll get to Elijah Moore definitely in a moment here he's he's drawing pretty ridiculous uh, comparisons out of camp again the the expectations and the way that things are said about teams in the the New York market same thing in LA sometimes but especially in New York like people are there's one comparison about him and Odell Beckham like all right slow slow down (laughs) like I, I I think Elijah Moore will be great but like Let's let the guy just you know do his thing and see how see how Zach Wilson performs. So obviously, what Zach Wilson does will take tell us a lot this season. But they've made improvements along the offensive line. Uh, we'll see how Vera Tucker does. Going to slot it in at left guard with Mackay Becton on that side. So the blind side, in theory, should be pretty pretty set for for Wilson. Um, and like you said, they have some talent on offense. But how quickly does everything come together there? That's that's a t- that's tough to say. And even though the schedule's not insanely hard last year, they had one of the easiest schedules and still finished with two wins and honestly could have 
Sorry, unlike some teams where you look at like what their expected wins were, and usually uh, the one two win teams are more like four or five. No, the the Jets were expected to win two point eight based on their performance, so yeah. they were that bad. Um, <laughs> it doesn't, it's not going to change overnight. But again, I think you, you can't look at it that way. It's like this is not necessarily the same as the Lions when we're talking about you know just building the culture for the future. I maybe feel a little bit more confident in the solid Douglas combo. And how you're going to get guys to buy in and eventually with the drafting and the talent that uh, you'll get people that wanted wanting to play there. And you already kind of started seeing that even this offseason with some of the guys able to get in free agency. So they obviously have the flexibility with future cap space and those kind of things. So I, I, I'm optimistic like four or five years from now. Yeah, maybe even three years. I guess you, you want to go even sooner. Um, but this year and next year, I would still not unless Wilson's like really playing uh insane football off the bat like it's it's hard to expect too much more but i do think they are headed in the right direction for the first time in a long time (laughs) yeah it seems that way um and like you said that's that's at least a a point of optimism uh, i think if you're a jets fan so that that can give you uh something to look forward to even though that may not be this season um but uh, yeah i think they're in good hands so we'll see how that plays out but that's just general overview of uh, these four teams in the afc east now, Dylan, we'll wrap up uh, with our, our sections here that we look at, picking our division MVP, breakout player, mm-hmm. fantasy MVP for this division. Let's start with the division MVP. I don't think this was probably much of a surprise, right? We're both going with Josh Allen. There's really – I don't even know who the <laughs> other – I don't even know who number two is, to be honest with you. Like, I think it's one, and I think, you know, number number four is probably next at this rate. But Yeah, it's the same as with Aaron Rodgers at the NFC North in terms of when you have an MVP candidate, like – how are you <laughs> like for yeah. the whole league? Like they're obviously going to be the, the MVP of their division. Yeah. He, in terms of year three jumps, like I'm sure he's up there with some of the, the best and uh, in, in recent history, at least in terms of his play, even from his improved second season, his progression has been amazing. I don't know how much higher of a, he could go like after what he did last year, but just staying at this level and limiting some of the turnovers, I think, yeah, he, I mean, he's one of the best as we put him like what fourth or fifth on our quarterback list. Like he's one of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL. He's, he's incredible, and uh, I don't anticipate what the talent he has around him. He's not going to have another fantastic season. All right, breakout players. Uh, we both went a different direction here. Uh, I probably, if I hadn't have picked my one, I would have picked yours, so I think it works out well. <laughs> I go with Jalen Waddell again. I know it's a pretty easy, easy choice uh, in that scenario. We just talked about the Dolphins and the offense. I think, you know, having Devontae Parker and Will Fuller, you know, to be the guys who are getting a lot of attention – um, I think that opens up a lot for Jalen Waddle, and again, the connection with Tua, that doesn't hurt there, but uh, you also went with someone we just talked about uh, who I think will also be probably one of my favorites uh, in due time. Yeah, I think uh, while I did say to slow down on the, the comparisons for Elijah Moore, I do think there is something to what he's been able to do in training camp. It's every beat reporter for the Jets are, will say like, hey, I'm trying to focus on other players, but every day it's Elijah Moore that stands out, but we also saw what he did in college, definitely thought he was better than a second-round pick. Thought, you know, looking at, I think we looked at the Packers as a possible place in the first round uh, to draft him. There was a few other teams in the in the 20s range, but yeah, Corey Davis has said good things. I mean, everyone is like, man, this guy is gonna. And we've seen a lot of rookie quarter or uh, receivers in the recent years just light it up quickly. And I think Waddle definitely has that uh, ability as well. Uh, reading about his, he's getting a lot more play outside than just the slot too. So that could be interesting to see what he does with two of there, but. I think both these guys, I mean, yeah, it's going to be two of the best, uh, most exciting rookie receivers in the entire league to watch in the same division, so that'll be a lot of fun. Obviously, Moore's 
production and those kind of things will depend on how well Wilson plays and the protection Wilson gets. But uh, I still have really high hopes for him. I do think, you know, with Corey Davis and Jameson Crowder and those guys, I feel, still think Elijah Moore is going to get a lot of snaps and by the end of the year be one of the one of the players we're really, really excited about fantasy-wise maybe uh, for a season from now. Yeah, I'm excited about uh, the opportunity there for him, and uh, he may be someone, yeah, even, even this season, maybe one of worth that late late uh, round option if you uh, need to add some depth in a bigger league or something like that. It may, may be worth an option. We'll see. Um, and then we wrap up with Fantasy MVP. Uh, that is uh, another one that I think was probably pretty easy to choose. Uh, Stefan Diggs, I mean, I think we're both going in that direction. He just He's someone that, you know, we, we've seen the connection with Josh Allen. We know what Stefan Diggs can do on any play at any given moment. Yep. Um, and, you know, yes, there are other options out there that could have big seasons across the board. But, again, not knowing, for example, like you don't know what the Patriots offensively are going to look like, although I don't really think there's anyone there. I don't think you're going with anyone on the mm-hmm. Jets. Really, probably <laughs> the only other potential is it's just I, I like – I don't even think there's anyone else like the Dolphins. If one of their receivers just has a monster year, maybe, but I think it's probably Stefan Diggs would be number one. And I think Josh Allen would probably be number two in the order of fantasy relevance yeah. uh, in this division. Yeah. In terms of where you're going to be drafting them, obviously Allen's numbers will be insane, but at the quarterback position, you have a lot of great options. So yeah, I think Diggs becomes my fantasy MVP as well. Only guys I even anticipate, like I'm sure Miles Gaskin can put up some pretty big numbers, but I think they're going to have a, a yeah. good, uh, commit, uh, you know, other guys. Uh, they brought in a breed already. They have, uh, they have a few guys that are going to get snaps there. Uh, same with Buffalo's running back room. I don't think anyone. Oh no, it's sorry, it's Buffalo that got operated. Those those three guys are going to all get a lot of uh, carries with Singleton and, and Singletary and Moss. So, no one. Yeah, it, it's got to be Diggs. He's going to have another insane year. Obviously, leading their. I don't know. Can't anticipate the guy leading the league in receiving yards again necessarily, but I do think he's on that level. He deserves to be considered as we put him in, in really high up in our top receivers in the NFL list. So. Yeah, a good pick here. Maybe if we'll see, maybe Waddle eventually gets in that conversation if Devontae Parker can stay on the field all year too. But um, I think for now, Diggs is a, a pretty pretty good choice. Yep, I think so too. And uh, it should be interesting to see. Like we said, there's a lot of potential breakout candidates, kind of like we said, but it's I think it's just a lot of unknowns with who exactly or who specifically that could be. And so um, it makes it hard to kind of predict this division uh, from that standpoint. But that is the uh, AFC East, and uh, Dylan, you know, we got a lot going on over Clutch Points to get ready for the start of the season. Uh, we'll be here before you know it. It's hard to believe, like we said before, like we're we're in the first week of August, meaning games are about to start. Uh, yes, they're preseason games, and luckily we'll have one less of those this year, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, they're about to get started, and so there's there's certainly a lot happening. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be the game day for the first preseason game when you're listening to this on, on Thursday with the Cowboys and Steelers, so... Yeah, I uh, have all the all the preseason games, everything covered in clutch on the Clutch Points app. All the regular season games, obviously, as well. You can follow along there. Again, fantasy content, all, all of it's starting to come out now from us. Uh, go to ClutchPoints.com to search fantasy football. You'll find it all there. And yeah, it's it's all starting. We're we're in the thick of it. Starting to been doing my fantasy research a little bit. <laughs> Uh, usually we do a little later draft in the clutch points league, but got to got to got to get those reps in early, you know. Yeah, you do. You got to got to start working on it now. We, as we always say, it's never too early uh, for fantasy. So uh, be sure to check all that out at clutch points, and uh, as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast app you use, you can find us there. Uh, just search for Establish the Pass. And uh, thanks as always to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all that they do 
And thank you as always for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Established Pass Podcast.